like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we are back with Jim Harold, host of the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire, jimherald.com, the website. Uh, Jim, after doing uh, the Paranormal Podcast for so many years and hearing all of these ghost stories and episodes of high strangeness, uh, do you, I mean, has it changed your perspective on what happens to us after we die? Well, I think that it has really uh, increased uh, my belief in, in an afterlife. Uh, you know, I was pretty much in the camp that we go on from here. Uh, but I'm more so convinced than ever. Now, I'm not as certain about how all of that works. I guess I'm, uh, when it comes to the supernatural in general after doing this show, I'm more convinced that it is real, that there is something going on. What exactly is going on, I'm maybe more confused about than ever. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, it's only increased my faith and belief that we live on. Uh, but as for the answers to all the various questions we delved into, uh, it uh, actually uh, it actually is a situation where uh, I'm a little more confused about the, the final answers, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's true. The, the more we learn, the less we know, it seems. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's, uh, there's a particular saying about this, it's not an original thought, but, uh, you know, it's a, a wise person who uh, really understands how little they really know. <laughs> uh, tell us about Chuck from Alabama. Yeah, this was interesting. Uh, Chuck's sister uh, was truly doing uh, God's uh, work, uh, actually his mom and his sister. They were working in a women's shelter in Missouri. Now, Chuck was in college, and he came home for Thanksgiving, uh, and his sister kept saying, oh, you need to come to see me down in the shelter, see what we're doing down here. So uh, he was invited to come down to the shelter. It was a two-story red brick revival house from the 1800s, so there was a lot of history. 
And he said there was a strange feeling to the place as soon as he walked in. And he had a great visit with his sister for a couple of hours, saw the work she did with the uh, woman who needed help, uh, which was a great thing. And as he was leaving, a great cat came in to sit at his sister's feet and started playing with her feet and was biting at them and so forth. And the cat sort of looked around and he saw this cat in vivid detail. And he thought it was just a normal cat. Uh, maybe like a stray. It was breathing. You could see the detail in its hair until it vanished into thin air. And his sister, seemingly unaware of the cat at all, said, did you just see something? And he said, "Uh, yeah, I did. I saw a gray cat. And she said, well, that's funny. Our director of our shelter has been complaining and, and uh, you know, getting honest for letting a gray cat in the shelter in case it might be a problem for the, the women who stayed there because of allergies and health issues and so forth. The thing was is that they had no cat at the shelter. They did not host a cat. But apparently this ghost cat would show up. At, at one point, her mom, their mom, thought it was a real cat and took it cat food, but it was never eaten. So a week later, weeks later, when he was back for Christmas, and that's where Christmas comes in, his mom had asked him to come by the shelter and, and help her move some donation boxes. He took the first box upstairs, and while walking up the steps, he found an ornament on the stairs. Uh, he continued up the stairs and picked up the ornament and put it back on the nearby tree so no one would trip on it. And he carried several more boxes upstairs, and he found that same ornament back on the stairs. And the place that it was, it shouldn't have rolled off. It was way down the hallway. So he went and put it back on the tree. And uh, he went back and was talking to his mom and said, why did you put that ornament on the steps? And she said, I didn't put any ornament down on the steps. I was downstairs doing paperwork. I never left here. And there was no one else in the building. And she said, wait a minute. Was that ornament, was that a wooden ornament of a great cat playing with a ball? And he said, yeah. And she said, I've had to return that ornament to the tree myself five or six times. It just keeps coming off. So Mm -hmm. was that the Christmas ghost cat that haunted this women's shelter? I don't know, but it seemed to be there, and then it would be gone. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) All right. Uh, Julie from Texas. Now, this one is interesting. It takes place in, well, it starts in Germany, actually. Julie from Texas, but they're in Germany. mm -hmm. Julie called us before with another spooky story where her husband, I think, was serving in the Air Force. And one morning she found herself being spooned uh, and, and she wondered, uh, what in the world is, why is my husband doing that? What's going on here? And she turns around and it's like her husband, but it's like an evil version of her husband. What? And uh, she said, uh, she realized this wasn't her husband. She said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. She turned away from it and it said, stop saying that. Yikes. And uh, you just reminded me of this story because it's the same storyteller and uh eventually it did go away but that was kind of a terrifying little thing i thought i'd slip in there but this I'll was bet. a little more innocuous a little more innocuous so she was living in germany with her husband they were spending a lot of time attending those beautiful christmas markets they have over there she came across a little antique shop at one of these markets and she decided to buy cross pendant and a cute bracelet uh, one of each for her two sisters for christmas a few days later, she was packing things up to send to her sisters and found the bracelet and the cross pendant were gone. She thought she must have dropped them on the way to the car. She went on to something else and moved on. Her husband later found them in his breast pocket later in the year, the, the following year, and thought it was weird, but assumed that they'd just forgotten that they'd put them there. So that year, she puts them, this is 2019, she puts them in a specific drawer so they wouldn't get lost to send next year. No thought of the supernatural. Christmas time, 2019, she looks for them in that specific drawer. They aren't there. She starts second-guessing herself. Am I losing my mind? 
summer of 2020, they were moving from Germany back to Texas, packing up. Their daughter helped them unpack when they arrived in Texas. She found the bracelet and the cross. So, <laughs> Julie said, you're not going to do it to me again. She put them in a jewelry drawer, very deliberately, deliberately not to lose them. She said, I have them. I told my daughter. I told my husband where they're at. Christmas time, 2020. The bracelet's there, but the cross is gone. Oh, no. She said, something is up. This is supernatural. She sent the bracelet to her one sister and a different cross to the other sister. A month before she called in to Campfire to tell this story, she was packing for a trip to Mexico. She packed very, very carefully. In Mexico, a vendor was selling little glasses strings. So she bought two. They're beaded. She bought two and stuck them in a zipper pouch in her purse. Gets home, takes out the glasses, chains, and tucked in the little ball of the two chains was the cross pendant. Oh, come on. Get out of town. She she put a (laughs) chain on it. Now she wears it because it clearly doesn't want to be given away. As her husband says, it's for her. And she calls it the gift that didn't want to be given. And and I've got to give credit here to Mary Rose Barrington, the late author. She wrote a book, Jot, J-O-T-T, Just One of Those Things. And uh, she's passed since the last couple of years, because I believe she was quite elderly, but quite accomplished. And I think she was in her 70s and 80s and has been in the Society for Psychical Research, very serious about the, this topic matter. And she came to the conclusion, sometimes these things that go missing and turn up in unusual places and things, that there may be some kind of a supernatural component. And Richard, I can't tell you, since we started mentioning that, how many people have called into the show saying that they've had one of these jot experiences. And I feel so badly because I got to interview Mary Rose a year or two before she passed, but I never got to tell her how her message resonated with our callers so much. That so many people have these experiences where they know where they put something, they go and it's gone, or something's a lost cause and it comes back. It's just happened to so many people. Yeah, sometimes we can be forgetful and forget our car keys. But sometimes there seems like there's more than that at play. Right. Just one of those things, Jots. Those are disappearing and reappearing objects. Yes. Um, Something like that happened. Well, not something like that. Precisely that happened to my my wife, the mighty Aphrodite. She had a Mm -hmm. ring that she had... um, she worked in, and before we were married, she, uh, she, she saw this ring in a store. She liked it. So she, um, she was working, I guess, part-time while she was going to school. She saved enough money. She went, she bought it. And so it was very important to her. I think it was the first nice piece of jewelry she ever bought for herself. A few years after we were married, she misplaced it. And I don't know if it was in between, a, a, you know, houses when we moved, but she, um, she basically gave up on it. Years went by. And um, her, um, her mo- my mother-in-law's sister came over, her aunt. And for some reason, the subject of, you know, missing jewelry came up. And um, so my wife told her the story of, you know, oh, I have this ring and I, I love this ring and I saved for it and I, and I worked so hard for it. And, uh, and then I lost it and I haven't, I've looked everywhere, uh, never to be found again. And, um, after the, uh, my, my, her aunt left, she went upstairs uh, to her bedroom and she was reaching 
in, onto, into the closet under the top shelf to pull, to pull down a handbag. And wouldn't you know it, that ring rolled out of the handbag and she caught it in midair. It was wow. the ring she had lost years before. That's just one of those things. Yep. Amazing. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Courtney from, is it Kansas? Yes. And her teddy Courtney bear? Oh, yes. I love this one. And this one, you know, I believe in the possibility of Christmas miracles. And maybe this was one. When uh, she and her twin sister were five years old, she had a little lovely stuffed bear named Brown Bear. She took it everywhere she loved it. It had a little music box in its ear. When you pushed it, it would play music. But then it broke. And she was really upset. But she wasn't too worried because she knew what the solution was. Christmas was coming. And she decided that Santa could take Brown Bear to the North Pole and fix it. And she told her parents. She said, I want Santa to come and fix Brown Bear. That's what I want for Christmas. She's a very determined young girl. Her parents said, well, honey, you know, Santa's kind of busy to be fixing toys. Would you want a new brown bear? She said, no, 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 no. I want this brown bear. I don't want a new toy. So she said, I want brown bear fixed. So that Christmas Eve, she left the bear near the hearth. So Santa wouldn't miss it when he came down the chimney and a note explaining the situation. Christmas morning, her sister goes and starts ripping the wrapping, as kids do, and goes and dives into the presents. But not our caller, not Courtney, oh no. She went to find Brown Bear, who was now sitting on the couch. It was the moment of truth, Richard. Hmm. She pressed the ear, and beautiful music played. And her parents looked absolutely gobsmacked, as my friends in the UK say. And uh, in later years, as Courtney got on and kind of learned the ways of the world, she figured, oh, my parents fixed that. So she asked them, did you fix it? Mom was crafty. Dad was good with tools. They said, absolutely not. And before she called in the campfire, a day or two before, she actually called her dad and said, okay, Dad, did you fix Brown Bear? He said, absolutely not. Did not. So maybe it was a loose wire, or maybe, just maybe, Richard, maybe it was a Christmas miracle. I'm going to go for the latter, Christmas miracle. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. 
Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.